Good morning. Are you guys happy to be in church this morning? Yeah, good. Smile at your neighbor. Just give him a little cheese. You know, tell him you look good. You look good. Well, you guys were worshiping like awesome this morning in the early service. I love it. I love seeing you guys worship God with your whole heart. And it was incredible. You know, you don't have to be a great singer to worship God, you know? You know, Joe, yeah. Joe's like, that's right. (laughs) Yo, Adrian! (laughs) You guys are like prison singers, some of you, y'all. You know what I mean? You're like behind a few bars without a key. You know what I'm saying? You'll get that. (laughs) Some of you are like, what? What was that? (laughs) Anyway, it was awesome, awesome uh, worship experience. Uh, We're also, a lot of us are coming off a marriage retreat. Raise your hand if you were just on the marriage retreat. Love is in the air. The love boat. Next year we'll be making another run. Um, it was great just to have about a hundred of us just get away, and the romance was in the air. It was great, very, just very healing, very helpful. Um, we've got some incredible guests in the house, and I want to give them the maximum time. Um, Pastor John and Helen Burns are here from Vancouver, Canada. Oh, Canada. Um, Incredible um, mentors in uh, Stacy and, and my life, um, kind of spiritual parents to us. Some of us, you know, have we have many teachers, not many fathers. These are like fathers, mothers to us, and have poured into us greatly. Um, relationship getting stronger all the time, and you know, at Connect, we just we bring in friends. We don't just kind of bring in people from anywhere and everywhere. We really only have people that are friends, and. Um, that we trust, and, and I just want you to know they have our total trust, and uh, they poured into us over this last weekend, and many people in this church have been blessed already. Um, they pastor uh, Relate Church. Amazingly enough, that's the name of the church. As you know, we, we, uh, we, we do, we're part of a coaching network called Relate, so some of you hear that word and like, what? What's that? It's just kind of cool that that all happens. Just relationships are everywhere. And, uh, but they're just doing incredible work out there. Um, they're, they're good at everything, they're great at everything, um, but have been tremendously blessed at just anything they do re- regarding, uh, you know, relationships and stuff, just been amazing, but um, they're just so much under the hood of this couple, and uh, we were all taking notes feverishly, people, all, all the people want the CDs from yesterday, so I, I just encourage you guys to take copious notes, okay, today, because you're going to get a lot of stuff out of today. But um, I'm going to just have them come up. But would you just stand to your feet just in honor? I think it's important to honor uh, this couple. And just give them a warm welcome as they come. John and Helen Burns, all right? Hey, Connect. How are you? After you prayed for the Bruins, I feel like I have to say, go Canucks. Sorry. I know. Cheeky me, you guys took us out. We're still smarting. I can remember the day when there was no Canucks. There was just the original six. Anybody remember that? Bobby Orr. (laughs) He was my hero, so I could say go Bruins from back those days. But not if they're playing the Canucks. I'm kidding. It's okay. Hey, we love you guys. So Derek says we're good at everything. Can, can I know. you do he some says, high jumping or something? He says we're good at everything. I said, yeah, like high jumping. I'm so good at that. <laughs> you lied. <laughs> Not. Well, you try high jumping. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> Anybody watch any of the Olympics? 
Crazy. You, got you guys got goal. the first goal. Took out our Canadian boy and hopeful. That's all right. It's but, but, all right. But, 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 okay, give the guy some slack. He broke a rib two weeks ago, and he still got a bronze. So, come on. Anyhow, da, I... Da, 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 da. <laughs> Anyhow, I do. We love, love, love watching the Olympics. It's awesome. It's and we got to watch our church online last night yeah, as well. And Relate Church fun. sends love to you. And uh, I love that. I I just know if we just put all of us together, Relate Church and Connect Church, you would just be one big happy family because that's what it feels like. And and they're excited for us to be here, and we are too. And I just want to encourage you that wherever you are in life right now, wherever you are, God has more. I love the words that we shared already about, you know, sometimes it is uncomfortable and going to new places in God. But I decided a long time ago, John and I are 60 and 58 now. And, uh, you know, we just decided we're not going to ever get old. We're just going to keep changing and growing. John thinks he's the oldest living teenager on the planet. And, uh, and he, you know, we just want to keep becoming everything that God's called us to be. And so whether it's in your marriage, in your family, in your business, in your, in, in your commitment in any level to God and to people, go to a new place. And so today you're going to have another invitation to grow as John teaches a word to you. And I want to encourage you, never get done. I love it even. I sit with John and I, uh, when he's teaching and I never go, oh, yeah, I know that. I know that. I, I keep my heart wide open and I go, what can I learn today? And I know that God has new things for us to grow into. And I want to encourage you as a church. We loved being with you last year. We'll never forget that experience as long as we live because of it was the great snow that we just stayed in our hotel and got to know all the staff of the hotel really well. But uh, in the meanwhile, we got to know and love your pastors and their family and you as well. So being back this year is a true honor and a blessing, and, and we do consider you just awesome friends. So well done, church. You've had a great year, and the best is yet to come. So bless you. Thanks, babe. We were a little concerned. We were a little concerned when we at 4 o'clock a.m. Wednesday morning checked the weather and all the flights were canceled into Boston that day because of snow. Okay, here we go again. <laughs> but we could fly the next day. We came in on Thursday. Um, we brought some fun stuff along um, just because we'll be here for a little bit, but we can leave a lot more of ourselves with this a couple of books that we've written this one the miracle in a daddy's hug has it's just a it's just it's my testimony in in a family way and it's a great gift book for dads miracle in a mother's hug my wife wrote that after me i guess who she copied <laughs> it's like relate you know was, was it randy that started relate he copied us we were first and what moms need to know about sons and what dads need to know about daughters, just, I think, just, you know, really exciting stuff about family. We got some CDs and DVDs, Marriage Still Rocks. And then for the people that are really techies and want to get a lot, there's these little USB things. They look like credit card, but the USB flips out, put it in your computer and your car, and it's got hundreds of hours of teaching on it. I want to talk today about... Helen already mentioned how, you know, my goal in life is to be the oldest living teenager. And a lot of times teenagers laugh at me when I tell them, you know, I'm younger than you. Um, but then I just have to explain what I define youth as. Youth is not 
how few years you've been on the planet. Youth is how much life you got on the inside of you. And do you know that when you're living with God, when you're walking with God, it just gets better, right? Proverbs 4.18 says, the path of the righteous just gets brighter and brighter and brighter, bigger and bigger and bigger. It just gets better. And so I want to explain to you how that works because it affects every area of your life, amazingly and importantly, relationships. Do you know relationships will take you somewhere? It's like getting in an elevator. Relationships are the buttons in an elevator. They'll take you up or they'll take you down. But you won't stay the same. Every relationship takes you somewhere. And in our life, we're created for a relationship. We were created by God in his image, in the image of relationship. And so the people that, that we have life with, that we get to do life with, we're responsible for where are we taking them. In other words, where are you leading? Because Jesus said, follow me. And then he said, do what I do in terms of you tell others, follow me. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And every one of us are leaders. Whether you know it or not, you are a leader. People are watching, following. Where are they going? And I believe our life needs, needs to just get better and better. If you are born again, okay, born the second time, I want you to recognize the first time you were born was to be part of the world. The second time you were born is to change the world. You were born to be part of the world, and then you were born again to change the world. You can't change the world if you're not part of the world. So you got to be on this planet before God can actually use you. But then once you are born part of this on, on the planet, then God wants us to make a difference and change the world. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5 I, I love these verses because it explains so much to me because my, my walk has been a walk of, of it's a brand new world over and over and over again. And John says this, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world or changes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. How many believe that Jesus is the son of God? All right, I'm looking at a whole bunch of world changers. I'm looking at a whole bunch of, of overcome the world, world changers. So recognize that we're here for that purpose. Now recognize this, all change starts in here. It doesn't come to you, it comes out of you. All change starts with us. It requires change in us before it'll happen around us. All change starts in us. See, life is a journey, not a journey from now till then, from when I was born until I'm 80 years old, that's the journey of life. No, life is a journey, not from here to there, but a journey from who you are to who you're becoming. That's called change. Life is a journey of change. Do you know if you were to go to biology and, and ask the question, give me the simplest scientific description of what is life, okay, what is living? And you could go and look at the single cell, you know, amoebas, or you could go and look at, 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 at maybe a virus or a bacteria. What, what, what do you classify as living? And this is the simplest. Living is change, change. If you're not changing, you're not living. 
<laughs> Let me say that again. If you're not changing, you're not living. Amen. You're, you're here, but you're not living. You're existing, but you're not making a difference. In other words, you're invisible. There's a lot of people invisible. They're here. They take up space. But one day they'll be gone. and Nobody will notice. Why? Because we didn't make a difference. We're here to make a difference. We're here to change the world. How do you do that? All change starts in me. All change starts in me. Say that with me. All change starts in me. And when you and I learn and begin to, to, to live this, we begin to live in such a way that we change the world. I've said this many times over and over and over again over the years, and a lot of times people laugh at me and think, yeah, 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 that's just a, you know, a high and mighty idea, ideal. But I believe that we're born, every one of us, we're born to change the world. Every one of us, we're born to change the world. The world will not be the same because you are here. You are making a difference in this world. Too many of us, though, we get to the place in life where we just want to be comfortable. Think about it. It's, it seems to be the greatest goal of every human being is to be comfortable. You know, we want to have security. We want to have a, you know, a job with security. We want to have a marriage that doesn't have any problems. We want to have kids that all look like cookie cutters. I just want to be comfortable. You know, and if you really want to be comfortable, get a casket. <laughs> Think about it. It's satin lined. Picture yourself for years and years. This is, this is you. But do you know if you get in one of those after a little while, you stinketh? It's not the way God created us to be. We're not born for comfortable. We're born to rock the boat. So don't rock the boat. No, rock the boat. Come on. Let's make waves. Let's make a difference in our world. We're not here to blend in. We're not here to be accepted by everybody. Be careful who you want to be accepted by because you become just like them. We're here to make a difference in our world. I believe that real strength, real strength, God's strength is seen in change. It's seen in continually changing, continually stepping out and growing. That's why we can say to the world, follow me. Our lives light up. We make a difference in our world. I love teenagers. Teenagers to me are, are just, I, I want to be like a teenager. My whole life, I, I want to be like them. Why? Because they haven't accepted status quo. Don't tell me who I am. I'm going to figure it out. And every single one of us, don't put me in a box. Come on. You don't know yet what I can do and who I can be. I don't care what age you are. doesn't matter how long you've been on the planet. There's more coming. The path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter, better and better. We can make a difference in this world, but we've got to change. I was looking in pastor's office, got a bunch of books in there, and I happened to be on Joel Osteen's board, and he's got Joel's book, Living Your Best Life Now. I love that. What is living your best life? What's your best life anyway? I'll tell you what it is. It's a life of change. It's a life of it just gets better. It's a life of it's a whole new world. <laughs> Don't you love that song, Aladdin? A new exciting point of view. 
It really is. That's the Christian life. It's a life of continually growing and changing. God has a great plan for us, every single one of us. And it's not a plan where you've arrived at a destination. It's a journey. It's a plan of a journey. And wherever you've come, however far you've gone, you ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come. Come on. The best is, you know, the Bible even tells us that our life is not even about us. It's about the generations after us. What you're doing, what you're living is setting the stage for, for generations. And every one of us, we're going to pass a baton on. But you know what the baton is? It's our story. The baton, what we pass on, the inheritance that we pass on, it's not our money, it's not our houses, our stuff, it's our story. And our story should be that we never quit. Our story should be that we keep on changing, we keep on growing. Our story can be that you, there's no limit on your life. You can be whatever you want to be for the rest of your life, every day of your life. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy what? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life. What's your life? Change. He doesn't mind if you exist. Just stay invisible, will you? Just don't make a difference in this world. Don't make waves. Don't rock the boat. That's what he's come to do. Jesus said, I came to give you life in that. Everybody say it, that. More. More always means more. Wherever you're at, there's more. Amen. Turn and tell your neighbor there's more. more. Now tell the other one like you really mean it. There's more. more. I'm a little passionate about this because I just have experienced there's so much. I'm, man, I'm 60 and I'm just getting started. I, I hit halfway. I've... I've I, I've, I've said this so many times over the last you know, number of months that I've been 60. I says, I wish I was 60 for the last 60 years. I, I, I'm so, so much wiser now than I was then. It just gets better. Every single one of us. Jesus came to give us life and that more. Living a life of breakthrough. We've got a friends in the Netherlands and love preaching in their church. It's probably one of the most exciting churches in Europe. You know what the name of their church is? Doorbreakers. That's the name of their church, Doorbreakers. But you know why they named it Doorbreakers? That is a literal translation of, in Dutch, the word breakthrough. It's a literal translation of breakthrough. Doorbreakers. I love doorbreakers, though. Come on. Put a door in front of me, and we're just going to break it down. Hallelujah. <laughs> And every single one of us, as we break through and we become more and more and more, our life is so exciting. It lights up and it, it is, it's attractive. It's a life that people want to follow. And every one of us has a story to pass on. Story is so important. Do you know that your brain cannot think outside a storyline? I, I was a dentist for 10 years. When I was going through dental school, I actually, one of those guys that didn't have to work very hard to, to remember things and learn things, so I could spend most of my time on my little pet project, and my pet project was brain. I was trying to figure out how this brain works, and really, because I was trying to answer a question, why can't I speak? I stuttered. 
I was so bad. I mean, I was so bad as a stutterer that, that I couldn't even answer the phone. My whole life was imprisoned by a fear of speaking. And every time I would try, the fear won out, and my life got smaller and smaller and smaller. And so I, I was trying to figure out in, in university, and as I was studying about the brain, uh, what happened, and now after these number of years and God has led me down the path and you can tell I'm not stuttering anymore, now I can look back and I can, I can fill in some blanks. And that's what I want to do for you today. I want to give you a little neuroscience, okay? I, I want to, you know, give you a little bit of understanding how your brain works. When I was back in those days and after God got a hold of my life and actually everything changed, I wrote a book. That was 25 years ago. I wrote a book. And actually, I did an audio uh, recording of the book, and you can listen to it. It's free online. Um, the best way to do it is if you have an iPhone or something, download our app. It's just Relate Church. It's a free app. And then on there, on the audio, you can find limits were made to be broken. I like that. Limits were made to be broken. That's the name of my book. And in it, I talk about how our brain works. And... It's like this, every time you choose a thought, your brain goes down a certain road, and your, your thoughts are like roadways. And that's why I say that your brain can't think outside of storyline, really, stories. See, a lot of us think that we've got memories, and it's like a filing cabinet in the back of our brain, and we pull out the filing cabinet, and we find the file, and that's, that's the file, and it's, it's really not like that. You know what it is? It's like a map. Your brain has memories, but they're, they're like stories. They're actually a, a, a trip that you went on. When you think a thought, you go down a certain way. Your, your brain's made up of neurons. They're long cells, about three trillion of them, by the way. It's amazing. If you have, if you have no idea the capacity, it's literally limitless. Literally limitless, the capacity that God has given us up here, created in his image. And when you begin to think a thought, you have a neuron, and it fires, and it goes down the neuron. When it gets to the end of that neuron, like a street, it's going to actually go across a synapse or go across an intersection to another neuron or another street, and it goes down there, another, da, 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 da. And that's your thought patterns. And when you choose a thought, it's like driving a vehicle down that street. And I used to live up north in BC for six years. I, I started my, my dental practice up there, and, and I loved to go fishing, so I went out in the back roads, and, and often I'd go on these dirt roads where logging trucks had been going on these roads, big, heavy logging trucks. And they'd gone down the same road so often that they actually wore ruts in the road. And and there was, the ruts were so deep in the road that you didn't have to actually hold the wheel. It would drive itself. And that's exactly how our brain works. You choose a thought, and you go down this roadway, and you choose it over and over and over and over again. Pretty soon, you don't have to choose it anymore. Now it becomes an habitual thought. That's called your subconscious thinking. And you know, it's important that we actually have habitual thoughts because if we didn't, if you had to consciously think of everything that you do, 
Like, for instance, when you sleep at night, your eyelids close. You don't have to think about that. When you sleep at night, you're, usually your hands and feet are, are, are flat on the bla- you know, bed. Just There's no muscle. You, you, you don't have to think about that. If you, and I have a friend that actually went through a brain trauma, and part of his subconscious was cut off. He didn't know how to sleep anymore. His legs were up like this. His arms were up like this. He, he had to actually consciously and see. So it's important that we, we develop habitual ways of thinking. Do you know if you didn't have, when you have an habitual way of thinking, when your subconscious takes over and you do things automatically, it takes very, very little energy. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy when you are consciously thinking. So if you had to think all the thoughts, do you know that your subconscious brain right now is, right now, right now, it's computing about 4 billion thoughts or computations per second. Talk about a computer. Your conscious brain is a few thousand. If you had to think, if you didn't have your habitual way of thinking, if you didn't have your subconscious, if you had to consciously think everything, your, your brain would literally blow up. You would, you would melt the room with so much work it would take. But because we can develop those habits, we don't have to. We can then use our conscious thinking to go on to new things. But what the Bible teaches us and what has to happen in our life is we have to renew our mind. In other words, we have to actually recognize some of those, those subconscious, habitual, if you will, ruts that we've built in our brain need to change. And that's where the exciting thing comes. Because actually, neuroscience teaches this, that if you'll change, if you'll change a habit in your life, if you will work to, to overcome a, a habitual way of thinking, it literally opens up to you a whole new world. It's limitless. Let me explain how in my life. For, for years, I was afraid, and I had a fear of speaking. So my, you know, this little voice would say, you can't talk. If you talk, you'll stutter. Everybody will laugh. You'll get rejected. And when I talked, I believed what that said, and literally my thoughts would go down this road, this road, this road, and then crash, bang. Oh, uh. Do it again, over and over, crash. And you know what? What If you were to look at your brain, it's, you, you could take it, and if you could do it in a two-dimensional, it would be like a map. Okay, you've got a lot of streets. You've got a lot of neurons. But if you took that map now, and you, you, you carved out a, a roadway or a circuit on that map, and that's what I had. I had a circuit that I kept on thinking the wrong thoughts. I kept on thinking these fear thoughts. And you did it over and over and over again. Those, that circuit would be so deep, the ruts would be so deep, that you basically could never go beyond. So instead of your, your life being this huge map of the United States, now it's cut down into this tiny little part of the map. That's all you live in. And that's what I felt like. I felt like every time I, I couldn't say, every time fear 
dictated my life. I was, my life got smaller and smaller and smaller. And I never, ever ventured past that rut. It ne I never dreamt I would ever be standing in front of people and speaking. Why? Because it hurt. It was painful to think that because as soon as I went there, crash, oh. So I never went there. And for all of us in this room, there's areas you've never dreamed of. That's why our God can do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond whatever you've even imagined or thought. I tell you, there's, there's a whole new world beyond where you're living. There's, it's, it's limitless what you and I can do in our lives, but, but we have actually allowed our past, our thinking, to, to cage us, if you will. And so to, I never went across that line. My life was like this tiny little thing. And then about 35 years ago, I went to a full gospel business in Vancouver. God was starting to do something in my life, and I was starting to get really excited about what possibly could be. Never dreamt I'd ever speak in front of people yet, but I heard this, this guy was telling testimonies about the miracle power of God and the Holy Spirit working and people getting healed. And he was a doctor, and I was a dentist, so that was good. He was a Catholic doctor, and I, I grew up Catholic. That was good. So I was listening to him, and everything he said just so exciting to me. And at the end, he quoted Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said, Jesus said, don't go anywhere, anywhere but wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. For when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power to be my witness. Then he said, anybody want that power? And I, I, I had no idea what witness meant. I just thought it meant talk. Witness meant talk. God, you're going to give me power to talk? Anybody want that power? Come on up here. I just got up and went to the front. <laughs> yeah, of course I want that power. I sat in a seat, and he, he laid his hand on me and prayed a simple little prayer. God, fill him with the Holy Ghost and power. And I felt, this is like a thermometer, I felt this power filling me up, and my hands literally fell up in the air, and he said, go ahead, praise the Lord. And I started praising the Lord, and I couldn't understand what I was saying. It was a my head was going tilt, 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 tilt. Stop, stop, stop. My, my heart was going, yeah, keep going, keep going. This is awesome. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just knew I got the power. I got the power. Well, when I walked to the front, my wife walked out the back. She was raised Mennonite, very conservative. And she's pacing back, oh, God, help us. <laughs> that guy doesn't know anything. Lord, oh, help him. Anyway, I get out there, and she said, first thing she says to me, did you pray in tongues? I said, is that what it was? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know what tongues was for me? Simply the evidence that I got what I asked for. I didn't ask for tongues. I asked for power to speak. Do you recognize what I'm doing? I haven't shut up since. But I'll tell you what happened up here. Up here, God gave me power to overcome that habitual way of thinking. Power to get past that rut. Power to get beyond the cage. And as soon as I step beyond, it's a whole new world. A new exciting point. I started dreaming new dreams. I started seeing new things. Things I never even dreamt I could see. And then I recognize that's the, the journey. It's a journey of more, 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 
Wherever we're at in our life, God has more. Do you know there's a study called epigenetics? And it's the study of what are the outside factors that influence our genetic expression. And most people think, well, that's just the way I am. I was born that way. My mother was that way. My dad was that way. My, my grandfather's that way. In, in other words, you're a victim of your genetics. You know, mom and dad got together, sperm met egg, and there's you, and you're stuck with that. But actually, the study is so exciting because we're finding out more and more and more that you and I have amazing influence over that genetic code that was given to you. And literally, the expression of it is limitless. In other words, God has not created us a victim. We are not victims. Every single one of us, we're in charge. We can become all that God's called us to be. There's no such thing as a victim. And epigenetics, the, the, the interesting thing about it is, is they have determined the two strongest factors that influence the expression of your genetic code are two things. Number one is the thoughts you continually choose to think. Number two is the people you hang around with. Uh, uh, let me ask you, why'd you come to church today? I'll give you two reasons. The thoughts you're hearing from the Word of God, and number two, the people you're hanging around. Those are the two things that are so vital to actually make a difference and change who you are and therefore change the world. Every single one of us. There's another, another study called epigenomes, or it's not a study, but it's the result of that, and there's something called epigenomes. And what they, those are, those are the factors we pass on that are outside the genetic code. So your children and your children's children will get more than what's in the sperm and the egg. They'll get more than the DNA. And let me read to you exactly what, what the study of or what epigenomes is. Scientifically, thought patterns become epigenomes that are physically rooted in the brain. Thought patterns become epigenomes that are physically rooted in the brain. This means that the decisions we make today, if repeated habitually, will be passed on, listen to this, for up to four generations if they're not dealt with. Does that kind of ring a bell in anybody with Bible and knowledge? Some of the things that, that we want to watch out is what we pass on that's not just the DNA. It's the, it's the way we think. So you think, well, I'm a fearful person. It's normal. It's not normal. God's not given us the spirit of fear. God's not given us the spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. If God didn't give it to us, it came from the devil. And the thief comes but for one reason only, to kill, steal, and destroy. You think you can handle fear? Think again. Fear never stays small. Fear's goal is only one thing, steal, kill, and destroy in your life. And if you keep it and you pass it on, it's going to be worse in your children's life. So what do you do? You decide, I am going to not just exist. I'm not going to just float on downstream. I am actually going to make a difference in my, I'm going to go against. I'm going to step across. And it's going to take strength. It's going to take power. It's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. The power of the Holy Spirit. All change starts in us. But do you know how it starts? It is conceived in our spirit. 
conceived. I like the word conceived. Some of you women know what I'm talking about. Conception has happened, and you've at one time conceived. And then there was nine months where something grew on the inside of you. It's conceived. It's conceived out of relationship with God. It's conceived by a seed that got in you called the Word of God. When you have a relationship with God, the Word of God gets planted in you. All change, let me say it again, all change is conceived in our hearts. It actually then grows in our thinking. So as you, as ladies that have had, had children, as you were pregnant and that child grew in you, those things of change in our life need to grow in our thinking. We actually need to think what the Word says. We need to actually take our conscious thinking and choose to think the right thoughts, choose to think what God says. I've not got a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. God's not given me the spirit of fear, but love, power, it's over and over and over again until you birth that change in your actions. All change is conceived in your spirit, it grows in your thinking, and it's birthed in your actions. It's so important to understand some of these things because it really gives us a, an understanding of how our world changes. And, and, and nothing's impossible. There's a study called neuroplasticity, which is the study of how to change your brain. You can change your brain. You can change the way you think. And if you change the way you think, you can change the way you act. Every single one of us, it's amazing the abilities, the potentials that are in front of us, the world has yet to see you, me, who we can be. Amen. I don't know if you're anywhere near as excited as I am. <laughs> you know, actually, there's so much that is, has, has um, correlated between how we think all the things that I'm saying, and what the Bible says. There's actually a whole new um, discipline of, of neuro, whatever. It's called neurotheology. You can read. There's books written on neurotheology and how prayer actually changes your brain, how, how hanging out with God changes your brain. And, you know, people all the time just say, well, 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 well what about this? What about that? What about everything else? Um, you don't have to know everything. You just need to know you can. And then you need to know the next thing. How do I start? Uh, I don't know if I told you when I was here last time, but one of my all-time heroes in my life, her name is Sarah. She changed her, her second name to Nicole. Sarah Nicole is her name now. But um, the first time I went to Mercy Ministries, we have since built a Mercy Ministries home in our area, and I just love helping these, these heroes, these girls that have gone through uh, crazy things. First time I went to Nashville in about, I think it was 2003, and um, I prayed about I was going to be there for a week, prayed about what I was supposed to teach these girls, and God told me to teach them about dads. So I got there, I was all fired up about teaching about dads, but instead of the first night, instead of me teaching, we sat and listened to them share their testimonies, their stories. As they went around the room, I just sunk farther and farther back in my chair like, Dad, that's the worst thing I could possibly bring up because most of their problems were Dad. And one of them, her name was Sarah. Sarah had been sexually abused by her dad from three years old on, 
And at 15, he impregnated her. When he found out she was pregnant, he got so mad, he almost beat her to death. And then he took the coat hanger and performed the abortion himself. And Sarah, all week long, couldn't even look at me. Understandable. And never forget, though, on the final day, we're finishing off with question and answers, and everybody done, and Sarah's hand went up. And her head never went up, just her hand went up. And so I went down, you know, Sarah, what's the question? And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't hear her, I couldn't understand. So I got down on my knees, and I took her chin, lifted it up, and looked into her eyes. I said, Sarah, what's the question? And she said the most, I think, most amazing question. She said, where do I start? It's like she got a vision she could change. But where do I start? And I said, Sarah, that's a great question. And it's the same answer for every person. You start with the next step. You don't start with everything. Just the next step. Sarah, not all dads are like your dad. I'm a good dad. I wish I was your dad. And you've got an amazing dad in heaven. And I went on and I, I talked to her for a little bit. I came back a year later and Sarah had graduated. And uh, when other girls graduate, they're allowed to bring or to ask friends to come and celebrate with them. So one of, at that time, there was another graduation and the girl that was graduating invited Sarah to come back. And I remember Sarah walks in the room and sees me and literally runs across the room, puts her arms around me and says, Pastor John, remember me? How could I forget? So remember that question? Yeah. She said, I took the CD and I listened to it over and over and I did it. And she went to the police. She actually, her dad's in jail. She, that, that's so tough for anybody to do. She's just amazing. But she was lit up. She just lit up. And I've seen, you know, got to meet her a number of times since that. She has now graduated as a special ed teacher, teaching special, you know, needs children. She's amazing. But the answer is the same for everybody. Where do I start? The next step. So let me ask you. Just real simple, what would you do if failure wasn't possible? Okay, back it up when you were five, six. What did you dream about? Why not? What would you do if you had no limits? Take all the limits off. You can do anything. You can be anything. All the limits off. A lot of us, we go through life and we get limits put in our life, and it's all kinds of different ways that we get it. One of them is called labels. We get labeled. And you get labels really early in life. Oh, you're smart. Oh, you're dumb. You're not a very good, you're, you're, a, you're a bad boy. You're, you're a selfish, no good for nothing. Always think about yourself. All those kind of labels. What would you do if there wasn't any labels? What labels would you love to get rid of in your life? If you can answer that, there's, you can recognize the box. Because we all have got a box. We all have a box. And then if you go to the Word of God and you ask God to show you, open my eyes to see, you can begin to, to, to make those steps. And whatever that step is, step over that line, break through breakthrough, door breakers, 
and experience. When you do that, your life literally lights up. It literally lights up. There's, there's inside of our brains. Matter of fact, if you want to live healthy and long, keep breaking through. Yeah. Do you know what causes dementia in a lot of ways? A lot of things that are said about it is we stop breaking through. We just do the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old. All the way to the simple things of life. Like, like if you brush your, hand, your teeth with your right hand, do it with your left for a while. Really? That's how, that's how simple it is. Do something different. Do something new. And as we break through, it's like a whole new world. Really? Jesus came to give us the live your best life now, which is what? A life of breakthrough. A life of the next step. You know there's a miracle in a step? There's a miracle in a step. As a matter of fact, Again, neuroscience, if you were to study it, they would tell you it's, there, it's actually miraculous when you take that one step over the line, it lights up every step. Yeah. Matter of fact, you don't have to change everything. Just change one thing, and you will feel like I can change everything. Yeah. And it's true for every one of us. Over the years, we've seen people come, our marriage is over, our marriage is gone. Well, what's wrong? Oh, there's a mountain of problems. But you can change. No, there's a mountain of problems. And as long as you look at the mountain, you'll never change. But what you need to do is just, okay, stop, stop, stop looking at the mountain. Can you tell me one thing? Just give me one thing. And if you can take the one thing and you can change that one thing, it is miraculous because every single time, mountain, no problem. I can deal with the mountain. Why? Because there's a miracle in a step. Lots of people say, well, I don't have a life like Sarah. I don't have a testimony. I'll have all that problem. I never stuttered. I never did that. You know, um, my oldest daughter, her name is Angela. She is an amazing woman. She's 38 now, and um, I don't know. She's, she's, she's just amazing in so many ways, but she didn't do all those things. She's a good girl in every way. But a number of years ago, she, I, I, was going on a, I was out on a date with her, and she said to me, uh, Dad, God spoke to me. <laughs> Whoa, never heard that one before from her. Really, you know, because she's kind of quiet in the background. And I said, so what did he say? And it was, we just had a women's conference, and Christine Kane was with us, and Christine was telling her testimony of how, how abused she was and everything and all the negative, terrible background, and yet what she's doing today. And God used that to speak to Angela. And Angela said, you know, God told me that, that um, if Christine can do this and this and this, what's your problem? <laughs> so she said to me, God told me to tell you, Dad, I'll never say no again. So in anything I'm asked her to do, she's not going to say no. Well, that's quite a responsibility for dad. <laughs> so the first thing I asked her to do was preach <laughs> on Sunday. And she gulped and said, okay. And she is now, a number of years later, she's now our executive pastor. And um, actually, she's in charge. I work for her. Nobody else knows that, but I do. <laughs> I work for her. She's an amazing preacher. But if God was to draw a line in the sand, what would it be? Because I believe for every single one of us, there's a line drawn. And God wants us to step over that line. For some of you, it's, I won't say no. 
God, I'm going to stop saying no. For some of you, it's, okay, I'll lead a connect group. For some of you, God, I'll pick up the phone and I'll call my parents and I'll tell them about Jesus. For some of you, it's, okay, okay, I'm going to take off the mask and stop being a secret agent Christian. And you say, well, I don't, I don't want to do that for everybody else. Do it for yourself. Because when you step over the line, it's a whole new world. A new exciting point of view. That's what God's called us to live. Isn't it great? I love it when, when it, it all kind of clicks and comes together. And we recognize, wow, this life. It's limitless in every way. Can I pray for you? Just bow your heads with me and let the Holy Spirit put his arms around you and take you by the hand, walk you over to the the rut, (laughs) walk you over to that, that limit and show you the other side. Trust me. All he's saying, trust me, trust me. There's more than you can imagine or think. And then I'm asking you to take a step, to make a commitment. I'm asking you to say yes to God. Whatever it is in your life, every single one of us is different. What is it? Come on. Just one thing, not a million things. Just one thing, just one thing. What would that one thing be? You got it? I want to pray for you. God, I pray that right now, as we choose with our own heart and our own will to let you be the driver to receive from you all the power we need to do what it is you put in our heart. God, I thank you for breakthrough. That's the life I believe you've called me to live that just gets better and better and better. Now, everyone, can I get you to pray this simple prayer? Say this with me, Lord Jesus. I give you the steering wheel. Holy Spirit, I receive your power. I make my commitment. I will take the next step. Amen. Now with your heads bowed, let me pray a simple prayer for those of you that when you came in this morning, there was a distance between you and God. Okay, you knew it. God knew it. And hopefully your heart's been changed and that's not the way you want to leave. So if that's you, I want to pray a simple prayer for you. I'm going to pray for you right where you sit. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything, but you have to make the choice. You know, the Bible says that the Word of God never returns empty, void, useless, without a response. It never returns without making a change. And it's always up to you to partner with God to let God do the change in your life. 
So you might have heard something today that really stirred you to change, to walk out of here different. But it won't happen if you don't make the choice. It won't happen unless you actually say yes to God and allow the Word of God. It's called response. So I'm asking you to respond to what God is doing in your heart. If you walked in and you did not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you weren't sure that heaven was your home, if you were to die today and step into, into eternity, there is a question mark. Honestly, there is. You know it. God knows it. You don't know where you're going to spend eternity. See, if Jesus is Lord of your life, you know that you know that you know heaven's your home. It's dealt with, finished. If not, it only takes a choice. Just say yes to God. You don't have to do anything. You just have to receive. Or maybe you walked in and like I said, you were there was a distance between you and God. Jesus was not center in your life, Lord of all. You knew it. God knew it. You weren't living this life the way you want to and you need to, giving him first place. But you want to walk out of here different. It's going to take a choice. So I'm asking you right now to make that choice. Could I pray for you? Would you, would you say yes to God? All over the room with your heads bowed, nobody looking around. If that's you, if you want to make the response, say yes to God, Wherever you're sitting, slip your hand up. Could I pray for you? Thank you, 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 thank you. All over the room, hands. If you haven't raised your hand, this is just time to respond to God. It's really not about me. It's about what God's doing in your heart. If you've not slipped your hand up yet, but you want to, go ahead. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Okay, you can put your hands down. I'm going to invite everyone in the room to pray this, but if you slipped your hand up, these words need to come out of your heart. So just let them like you've already heard go in your ears, but come out of your heart. Everyone say this, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I give you first place. Lord of all, I leave this place with you as Lord. I believe heaven's my home and on this earth I'll make a difference. I was born again to change the world. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap, church. Thank you. Thank you. Wasn't that an incredible message? Can we just put it together for Pastor John? Say thank you to him and his wife, Helen, for coming out here and blessing us with that.